0: have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 223 of the HHH Racing Podcast. It is time. It is Pegasus week. Let's go. We're going to start handicapping the Pegasus Day card Today, with the four undercard races, the non Pegasus races, races six, eight, nine, and ten, with my great co hosts. We're going to be rocking out the picks tonight. Please uh, make sure you subscribe on the bottom right hand side of the screen. And after you do that, hit that notification bell because we got a lot of stuff happening this week. A lot of stuff. Also, smash that like button. That'll help everyone here at the channel and we'll send people to the hhh racing podcast we'd appreciate it on the bottom of the screen at h kravitz my twitter handle I've been sending out a lot of stuff on twitter scroll the bottom of the screen h kravitz horse at gmail.com listen on apple podcast spotify and anchor please check it out in those places we got power picks below the bottom of the screen if you haven't subscribed, it's only 4 bucks a Saturday, and we are going to have a blowout edition this Saturday with a lot of details. All the information to subscribe is below the video player. It's a great deal. It's been on fire. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. It's one of the best tip sheets in the country. Just ask people that subscribe to it. Great website, HHHRacingPodcast.com. This week, actually tomorrow and Saturday, what we got going on. We've got tomorrow at 7.30 Eastern is our flagship show. We are moving it to Wednesday because Thursday night are the Eclipse Awards uh, in Palm Beach, Florida, and we don't want to bump into that. So our flagship show has been moved to Wednesday this week, 7.30 Eastern. We're going to go through in detail the three Pegasus races, the two turf, the one dirt. We're going to go through pick five. Ticket construction as well. And Tony Rollo of Crownsway Racing will also join us for a a fantastic ownership opportunity. You don't want to miss that. And then right after our show, we got a doubleheader tomorrow, Benton Boozin with host Kyle Roscoe and the gang. They're going to be giving you details about Championship Sunday, how to bet the great NFC and AFC Championship games, including a pick four. also Friday at Gulfstream. And then finally, on Saturday, we have a podcast, a pool party. Myself, Matt Miller, and Kyle Roscoe will be live at the Crazy Poor OTB in Villa Park, Illinois. And we'll be live on YouTube as well. The YouTube show starts at 3.45 Eastern. That's right. 3.45 Eastern is when the YouTube portion of the show uh, starts. We're going to have a lot of fun there talking about uh the three pegasus uh card races we had we started with a thousand dollars last travers day ended up with 5900 and we gave a lot of people some nice scores out there so if you're going to be in the chicago area you should join us at the crazy poor otb in villa park illinois p and paul will probably be joining us at some point as well all right we've got some quick comments let's see what we got here nick feldman Winter break is over. I'm back. Can't wait for the show. Nick, welcome back. We're having a great show. Ralph Conti, what's up, guys? Ready for a good show and some winners. We'll do our best. Uh, Christine Race, greetings, handicappers, Play of the Day followers. Hope you get some good ideas for Pegasus Day. Nice new lead in message into the show. She's talking about the montage. Appreciate that. And D.N., D.N., we're not familiar with you. D.N., thanks for joining the show. Back in the saddle. Big day For Saturday, last one, Richard Hens. Between the Fairgrounds guests last week and Raylu Calhoun angle got me almost 10-1, to or at least reinforced my thought. Uh, Congratulations, Richard, on that. All right, let's bring on my co-host. We are ready. First, from the East Coast and the state of Maryland, ready to rock it out tonight with some picks, is the one and only Pete Visco. An award-winning... Journalist from the Saratoga Special and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Paul Halloran. Guys, it's one of the biggest weekends of the year, one of the biggest uh, racing days early in the season. It's Pegasus Day. Pete, how are you feeling tonight?
1: Feeling good. We got an excellent card, deep fields, not a bunch of big favorites. You can't ask for, I mean, it's not the name horses aren't there, but I think that's maybe a good thing because it drew big fields and, and you have races, you know, you don't see the six to five shots, the eight to five shots in these. Well, we haven't seen the odds yet, but. It doesn't seem like there's going to be like the six to five, eight to five shots littered across the sequences. So that's always exciting. By the way, I like the background. I like the background on this show. It's it's clean. It's clear. It's colorful. It it gets you ready for uh, Pegasus week.
0: It is Gulfstream. Paul, look out. The number nine horse is about to run you over, Paul. Watch the number nine. Look (laughs) out there. Um, Paul, we had a very interesting day today. Why don't you tell everyone I tweeted it out? but I'm sure not everyone saw the tweets or not everyone's on Twitter. Why don't you tell the audience uh, what we did at about uh, 5.15 Eastern time today?
2: Well, yeah, we were fortunate, Howard. You and I have been talking about this for a while, about trying to get uh, one of the key players involved in this weekend. And uh, happy to report that uh, Todd Pletcher, who I think has a good chance of winning the Eclipse Award Thursday night. We talked about that last night uh todd was good enough to give us a half hour of his time and i think it was an interview that went very well and uh people are going to be glad to hear it and i think at the end of uh the day you're going to be able to say that during this past year you had the eclipse award winning trainer on the show because either todd or chad's going to win it and we had both of them (laughs) as of tonight
0: uh we did todd was fantastic i want everyone want to let everyone know at home and this is breaking news actually (laughs) I am going to be putting the video. The Todd Pletcher interview will be out late Wednesday afternoon slash early evening. That is when the video will be posted on YouTube. So we have two shows tomorrow night guys. My plan is to put it out uh, before the show. So people can watch it before the show if they want or after I don't want to bump into Thursday at all. Thursday's the eclipse awards. So again, highly recommend, whenever you watch this, if you're listening, whenever, even if it's not live, spread the word. We have a half-an-hour interview with Todd Pletcher. it will be on our YouTube channel. He talks about his Pegasus day runners, his three-year-olds, and Pete, he's got a three-year-old. I think you know the horse we're talking about. He's got a three-year-old that's not named Forte that he likes, and I'm glad he likes because me likey. (laughs) We <laughs> like you a lot. So we ask him about that horse. We, we'll, we'll bury the lead. I can tell you who it is. Uh, we'll let, it's a tease, right, Paul? That's the word. It's a tease. Uh, and then we also talked about the Eclipse Award. So, uh, again, Todd Pletcher interview exclusively on this channel coming out tomorrow, Pete. He was great, and uh, it's, it's, it's awesome to get people like that on the show.
1: Yeah, it's an exciting get. I mean, especially this week, especially with the, with the Eclipse Awards coming up with it being a big race weekend. So perfect timing. And it's nice to hear the trainer talk about their horses before a big weekend. So you can't get any better than that.
0: Uh, did you tell? By the way, did
1: you tell him all three of us picked him to win the Eclipse? I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta butter him up a little bit. Him I we told him pick. I
0: voted for him for sure. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, that's because that's why he's going to win Thursday because the Eclipse Awards are like Chicago elections. <laughs> Paul was able to vote seventy-five times, so it guarantees, <laughs> yeah. it guarantees whatever
1: works, right? It's going to win, right?
0: Uh, we got Cindy play horses had a tough weekend with the ponies. <laughs> Sorry, Cindy. They got the first NHL coach nice. fired at plus 6600. I'm not really Bruce, a huge Brucho right? Boudreaux, right? Bujiro of the Canucks. Yeah. All right, congratulations Cindy on, That's good. on like that it. one. We'll take any bets we can get. All right, guys. Uh unusual tonight. No five races, only four races we're going to preview. No no ticket construction, so we got plenty of time to uh to talk about these four races and Lon, we were excited too. Lon thanks again. Can't miss that interview. Lon, check it out. It'll be on YouTube tomorrow. And what we'd really, what I'd really appreciate, or we'd all appreciate, it, please spread the word about this podcast. Like, don't just tell people that there's a Pletcher interview; tell them there's a Pletcher interview, and then tell them to subscribe and to hit the notification bell because we want our viewership to grow. That helps us uh, tremendously, guys. Let me take the banner off the screen here at the bottom of the screen. We've got again four races to talk about. We're going to talk about race six, eight, nine, and ten. And I believe, guys, if you if you listen very carefully, I believe the horses are about to hit the track. Yes, they are. You're, you're okay. getting better.
1: So, you're getting a little better. That was a little better. How was that? Week. Was that
0: a better transition? That was better than
1: last week. So we'll, we're getting there.
0: Pete, I practiced for three hours this morning to make sure I got, <laughs> so I got that right. All right, guys. It's race six is going to start off. The stakes portion. And we're only looking at stakes races, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on Saturday's card. Uh, The first of the stake races is race six. It's the La Proveillant stakes uh, presented by Don Julio. It's a grade three. It's at about 120 Eastern Standard Time. It's 150K in the K. This is restricted for older fillies and mares. They're going a mile and a half on the turf. Note, everyone, the rails are out for this race, 56 feet. Some people believe... Believes that that helps speed a little bit. I just want to mention whether you believe that or not. Let me get the banners up on the screen, gentlemen. Uh, where is? It? Here we go. We got it right here. Here we go. There we go. Of course, it's the first time that Pete and Paul are seeing uh, these pics of each other. Now, interesting enough, ladies and gentlemen, no morning lines. The morning lines have not come out yet. There's, you see, there are. There's the field. It's a field of eight. I am pretty confident in saying the number five adventuring will be the favorite. At least that's my opinion. Uh, let's go to the PPs. Let's do this. And let's go to Pete Visco first. Uh, Pete, first of all, we're used to, uh, you know, handicapping without morning lines. It is a little more difficult to talk about these races without the morning lines, just because sometimes we that our opinions based on the morning lines and getting value, so we are speculating. Pete, you are going with the five adventure adventuring on top.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny because we yeah we always say no morning line is great when you're doing sort of your first pass through or you're even your you're just sort of making your initial picks. But I hate making you know coming to the show with a final decision without that, just because like you yeah. said, because then it'll come out and you have the first three favorites, one, two, three, and you're like, well shit, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play those necessarily. But for adventuring, I mean it's 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 pretty obvious you have the Cox Rosario combo. He's got the best buyers in the field by a pretty decent amount. He's got a good like you talked about maybe speed. There's not a ton of speed in this race. He's versatile enough to wear, or she, I should say. There's an early drink for this oh one. Oh boy,
0: that—that that is
1: an early. That one. is an early one. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: just like me last night, we get it out early, right? Being I mean, you the, know, the, the now now it'll be smooth sailing.
1: But but I think she's versatile enough. Where I don't think she has to be on the lead. But if if no one else goes and she does, she can she can definitely get on the lead and and win. I mean, you saw it three back, four back. She had sort of a you know a nice stalking trip early on the dirt. So I, I just feel like there's a lot going for this one, and has really improved. I like the improvement from 2021 to 2022 that we saw. So maybe, I mean, she's only five. So maybe there's a little bit more of an improvement there. And then she's, um, she's just, it seems like the top choice in this field.
0: Peter, are you worried at all about the number four beside herself uh, on the lead? And you think adventuring can stalk this one and go by?
1: Yeah, no, I would be if I thought adventuring had to have the lead, but since I think she can sit off and I'm not sure beside herself, beside herself looks a little bit like potentially cheap speed where I'm not going to guarantee that that horse is going to hold, then I'm okay picking, adventuring, if she does sit off and doesn't, you know, doesn't hook up and gets into some sort of speed duel. But if 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 Rosario's patient, and Rosario, that's not really his game to, you know, he's not the speed duel type. He's more than comfortable sitting off the
0: pace. It's interesting you said beside herself is cheap speed, because we knew you'd say that. So we, we, we said that to Todd on the interview. You said Pete Visco said your horse is cheap speed. How do you feel about that, Todd? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, of course. But Pete, we did talk about Again, every Pletcher runner we talked about in the interview, and I'd rather really not say what Pletcher said because I'd rather people watch the interview and, and gleam what they want, you know, from them for themselves, Pete, instead of giving people my opinion of what Todd said. Well, let's just say they want this horse on the lead. Adventuresome yeah. adventures uh wow, adventuring, adventuring, excuse me, um, probably won't get the lead. I'll just leave it at that, but more information coming to the top. And like- by the
1: way, I actually thought the, the time form, the time form early pace figures were a little funky in this race. You see, Right? Bowdraw is actually with the 101, the leading and beside herself is sitting back with the 78 and adventuring is yeah. sitting with the 91. This is the one that I that was sort of a note was like the, the speed per time form was confusing yeah. to me and I wasn't sure if that's how the race would actually play out.
0: Paul, I know you love to criticize as well as I do. What the hell is draw doing in this race? I'm sorry. I just, I'm sorry. No disrespect. Uh, I guess that is sort of disrespectful to the connections, but really? Yeah, you- I
2: mean, you know, an open nine trainer for a six for 60 jockey for a horse that's best buyers of 60. One stakes, two stakes start. He's run seventh and sixth, shipping over from Tampa. Has only run on turf. I, I guess you could say his best race. He ever ran was on turf. If you want to find. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't usually say
0: that kind of thing. I just, I don't know. I he hate There's
2: no is. turf breeding. Oh, maybe who says he's not going to be scratched? scratching. Well, part but, he, hey, Paul, no right? Turf it, breeding,
1: Paul, you think sometimes and, and Howard that sometimes that's why some of these trainers do have pretty low percentages because maybe they don't place their horses. So it's not a, it's not the meanest thing because maybe it's just, Hey, if you placed your horse better, you wouldn't be one for 32 lifetime. Maybe you'd have a but- little bit better chances.
0: I just want to point that out, but Pete, uh, sorry, Paul, back to the pick. You and I have the same thought here with personal best.
2: Yeah. I, I like this horse. Um, it's, you know, that last race was taken off the turf and run on the, uh, um, kind of a funky race. The horse made the, you know, made the middle move and then drifted a little and, and ended up getting caught by two horses. But I actually think he's going to be, uh, she, she, she's going to be more effective stretching out. Um, it looks to me like the a mile and five sixteenths race at Kentucky Downs when she broke her maiden was a really good race. Uh, I think uh, being inside, Irad will get the right trip. And uh, I think he will be able to pounce and get the lead when he wants. And I, I don't see any monster closes. She's going to have to hold off. So I, I do like the two here.
0: Yeah, this is her last race on the Topeda. It doesn't look very good, I will say, but this is not what she wants to do. She doesn't want to be on the lead. She doesn't want to probably be on the Tepeda either, although a lot of them handle the turf. I think she's going to sit... I, I feel like the way you do. I think she's going to sit right off of the speed between the uh, the four and, and, and adventuring. Um, I love the race two back. We can't show it, guys, unfortunately, because there was a spill in that race. That was the race where... Jalon Samuel came out and that's the race that Trevor McCarthy got hurt in I believe Paul and Pete so we can't I believe I'm not 100% positive but I believe that's true so we can't we can't show that race I, I'd be happy to show but it, it, they Naira didn't want it yeah to. you're right
2: you are right Howard
0: yeah anyway I think this horse is improving I love um, this spot for Irad he's going to save ground every step of the way and tip out to me I'd be surprised with two or five don't win guys um, Pete you've got the six in third excuse me second i have the six and third quick thoughts on the number six horse uh transient for Safi joseph who you know wants to have a monster day on his home track
1: yeah and if you look at if you look at uh, you have it on the screen if you look at this horse once Safi sort of got her in in his barn i mean you see that first one was a nice race then progressed a little bit Got to win going long a mile and three eighths, which you like. I mean, she's never gone a mile and a half, but she's gone a mile and three eighths, which is obviously close enough. And then they put her, they put her on the. On the synthetic, and she goes to the lead and was on a super. I mean, look at that pace, look at those numbers 154 and then 118. So, super hot pace, just maybe not the best of ideas there, and, and everything going against her. I mean, look out of the sea, the stars. This horse should love going long, there's no concerns with the distance. Yeah. So, I think for me, I was actually sort of these three are, and they're probably going to be this way in the odds, these three are basically all even for me on the top line. I was sort of hoping to see but how the odds shake out. So I really like this horse just because like you said, Safi's gonna have her ready. The distance should be no problem. She seems to have taken to the turf again, you know, when she wasn't as great maybe in 21, but in 22, those two races, I mean you can't you can't really see the the buyers are a little bit low compared to say adventuring. That's that's the only question, yeah. but again, it's not going to take a big step up. I mean, you feel you're, what, this race is going to be like a low 90s, maybe somewhere around yeah. there, so it's not a big step up.
0: That's E5 racing. I think she's interesting with the right trip. I think she's a small notch below the other two that I have on top, but not by a lot. And you know how these races go, these mile-and-a-half races. Nick Feldman mentioned about adventuring, uh, maybe preferring yielding or Kentucky <laughs> mountains. We'll have to see. Adventuring is the horse to beat on paper, but not by a lot guys, not by a lot. And, um, it's, so I think it's probably between those horses. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next race. The next race that we're going to take a look at, whoops, sorry, going the wrong direction, uh, is race eight. So race seven is not, is a handicap. It's a nice race, but it's, it's on the poly. It's not a stake race race. Race eight is the inside information as I go ahead and switch the banners as well. There we go. Again, the first time these guys are seeing our picks on the bottom of the screen. The inside information uh, is about 227 Eastern. It's 200,000 in the purse, seven furlongs, again, older and Philly mares. This time it's on the dirt. We don't have mooring lines. I am 99% positive. The mooring line favorite and should be the mooring line favorite is the number four obligatory one of my daughters, still my daughter, although she hasn't done quite as well lately, for Mott and Ortiz. Paul, we're going to go to you first. You and I are chalking out here with Obligatory. This is a tons easier spot than she's been in recently.
2: Yeah, and I am not, you know, I don't pick her blindly every time like you do, Howard. So it's probably more probably more newsworthy that I have her on top. But I will tell you the key, I think, to this race. As far as obligatory, this 10 horse is really fast. And um, with Paco on him from the outside, this horse is a dead send. And we know that obligatory needs some pace to run into. And I think because the 10 is in this race, and the 10 won't be the only one to go, but I think, uh, I mean, the 2 has speed, for example. I think the 10, as long as the 10 breaks, I think it almost guarantees that obligatory will get the honest pace to run into and I just think obligatory uh she mows them all down in the stretch
0: two for two Paul also at Gulfstream she likes the track it's a little counterintuitive Paul because I wouldn't think obligatory would be the kind of horse that would like Gulfstream she's more of a closer type but apparently she does I'm not any concerned at all about the layoff Paul for you
2: uh not with the trainer named William Mott on the sheet no.
0: Okay, I I tend to agree. I I just think she's tons of the class in this field. I really don't have anything creative with obligatory. Um, I do it well. Let's go to Pete. Pete, I I'm assuming you said that incorrectly. No. Uh oh. Wait. A I minute.
1: I, well, I I was just looking and I I gave you the wrong Did number. I make a mistake? And, no, no, no. I I just looked at my sheet that I sent you and uh, I sent right, the, instead got? of the nine, I like the
0: seven actually. Which 741? Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, okay. I was like, wow, last leaf. That's a you gotta, I know. I don't, I don't, actually
1: one. don't. It's funny. I think last leaf was my fourth horse, which is why I was okay. maybe I had them all written down and then just wrote the wrong one in the email. But yeah, I all like, right. let, let's Go talk ahead. about
0: Mary Quite Contrary. And we're gonna show a replay here in a second because it relates to the three horse, the, pl- the Pletcher horse in this race. Mary Quite Contrary, Pete, as honest as they come at Gulf Spring keeps getting better. This is an upset possibility.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I love obligatory too. I mean, the gray closers they're right in my wheelhouse. I I love her and and she's great. And the only hope would be beating her probably in this field is if she does sometimes tend to get too far back and maybe make the race a little bit more difficult for herself. So that would be the only hope since I assume she's going to be a pretty big favorite with this one. I just think this one maybe could get the jump with since, um, panichi took over i mean look at this horse never done anything wrong has one second and then every time panichi is up wins i mean i know the class is a little bit a little bit short for this field the buyers would need to step up but i just like the fact i mean the horse is favored every time and wins relatively convincingly for a horse that comes off the pace and is always closing into slow paces whereas here like paul said i think with the 10 with a couple of the other horses, I think we're going to get a pretty honest pace. So maybe this one can just get the jump on Obligatory, and what I think might be a half decent price too. Yeah, and, think, and likes, likes, likes Gulfstream, and and loves the distance. So yeah, I
0: think I mean Obligatory is going to be four to five. So anyone else is going to be at least three yeah. to one right. Yeah, I think we got a lot of comments. We got to bring up here first of all. Uh, Sean wants to know, Pete, where's your Keelan shirt because uh, <laughs> uh, Paul and I are rocking out. Just coincidentally, everyone, the same I uh, Keeneland. Uh, I do over.
1: not have a Keeneland shirt, Sean. I, but if anybody okay. wants to send one into the show, feel free.
0: Tom, I had respect for you until this comment. Wow. One, seven, three. He thinks obligatory. is vulnerable off the layoff. Don't talk about my daughter that way, Tom. Come on now. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Deanne also likes the seven under that we're talking about. It's obligatory time, baby, for Onder And then uh, Noah Megger, our good young friend, guys, uh, student at at uh, UK. Uh, I was very interested to see what Pletcher says about colorful, colorful mischief. Paul, he talked about colorful mischief on the show, correct?
2: It is. It is. It's worth uh, tuning in. Yes, he did.
0: Well, speaking of color, this is a great segue uh, to talk <laughs> about this replay. And I'm going to let you talk about this replay, Pete, because you like the seven colorful mischief is the four and there's a crucial part on the turn that changes everything. And it won't be too long. I'll let it play through again. Colorful mischief is the four and Mary quite contrary. Here's the seven. Talk about what happens here. I'm sure you saw this on the turn, Pete.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, you see that, and the seven is running, (laughs) running the race that you would hope. And you see the seven is getting, Getting into a clearer lane here, whereas the four, as you can see, is sort of getting right about.
0: Aye, 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 aye. That's a I problem. mean,
1: you just. St- I mean, and again, that's just once you're there and you take the chance of trying to squeeze through the rail that's going to happen sometimes. I mean, it's, and it's, IRAD, so it's not, you know, it's not like it was some novice jockey trying to do that, but it happens. But I think the seven ran the race that I would, you know, Mary Cry Contrary ran the race that I would expect the four was, was coming after getting shut off like that. And I actually, I liked the four as well. The four was pretty close to making my, my top three actually was my second was my second choice. So it was like in the mix for the win, but I just sort of went with the seven, Because I like that. I like a similar race this time.
0: My feeling, guys, is if Colorful Mischief gets through, she wins. And I'm basing that, Pete, on the fact, the way that Colorful Mischief closed in the stretch. We don't know. We're just speculating. But to me, Colorful Mischief was going as well as the seven in the stretch. And in theory, if she gets through the rail, she's, what, two lengths ahead, a length and a half ahead. So that's just my opinion. Um, I don't have Mary contrary anywhere um i think she can definitely be in the money i would sort of be surprised if she won this race paul but that's just my opinion you've got her third the seven horse. yeah
2: I, I i i get it uh, i use the seven third uh, i would be shocked if the seven beat the three in this race wow okay uh, if you look at what irad did he you know he went wide belatedly, you know, it looked like he was getting a good trip as Pete just pointed out, you know, you watch it down the backstretch, but you know, when you, when you're down inside like that, you know, one of two things is going to happen, you know, it's either going to open or not. And if it looks like it's not going to open, you have to do something about it. And, you know, the seven was in the clear, uh, you know, again, I think, I don't think I, I think I read probably made a calculated error there, a rare error for him. And yep. I don't think he'll I don't think it's gonna repeat itself.
0: Guys, I have a very interesting horse for second. Nick Feldman, I know you're listening, Nick Feldman. I agree with you, Nick. I think the six is very interesting here. Jag warrior. Um, this is Romans and Alvarado. If you look carefully at this horse, guys, if you toss out the last race, I don't think this is a two turn horse. If you toss out the last race, this horse was improving. I understand she just broke her maiden. On September 17th, but got a 79, then ran a bang up race at Keelan into a fast pace, guys going seven with an eighty-five, and then regressed. Okay, I'm guessing she didn't want two turns, guys. If she doesn't want two turns, she was upwardly mobile. I think she's fascinating underneath. I don't think she can win, but we know Romans can win. He just had a huge win with Cyclone Mischief. And he spots his horses real well, guys. I think this is a Interesting underneath play. Did you give any consideration to the source at all? Either one of you.
1: I did a little bit. I did not. Yeah. But then I I didn't like the Some Roman. There were some Dale Roman stats I didn't like. And then eventually it just came to I like the other horses better. I mean, it's to me underneath. I think this, you know, when you have a big favorite, anything could happen and you can get a you can get a horse underneath who can at a price because the other horses might try <laughs> to do something. This one's going to get a logical trip is pretty tactical. Is going to be there. So maybe if the other ones are more coming from the back and just don't get there and obligatory rolls by on the outside, and this one just sort of clunks up for yeah. second, third, but let's can see happen.
0: tipping out a big price horse to finish second or third. Hmm. Ah, yes. Baseline beater last week at fairgrounds, <laughs> but did I have the horse on top? No. Um, this is important. Not everyone's a, B- a Brisnet guy, but for those of you don't know, this E2 that Nick is referring to, he said Brisnet E2 pace figure one hundred six stands out in this huge field for the six. Love those E2 pace figures in these sprints. That's ba- that's a second quarter time. It's almost like a turn time. It's it's how fast the horse runs, sort of in that second or middle quarter or that middle part of the race, sort of to start the turn and move on. So. That's an underrated angle. If you like Briznet, we use DRF here. But, Nick, thanks for the information about the E2 pace figure. We deep dive here on the show. Uh, Any other thoughts, guys, in this race before we move on?
2: No, I I just think that makes the case for obligatory stronger, Howard. If the six, it doesn't necessarily look all that fast on these PPs, if he is that fast, and Nick brings up a good point. The 10 is going. Um, There is no doubt the 10 is being sent here. So uh, if you're in if you're in Howard's uh, family picnic with obligatory, uh, (laughs) that's music to your ears.
0: Guys, please don't tell me there's any possible way the 10 can wire the field.
2: No, no, I don't
0: think so. She's no, not uh, classy that, enough, right? She's not classy enough, and she doesn't want seven, right? Howard, I
2: was watching the Charlestown The Charlestown card was uh, the derby night. It was the night before the Travers. Yeah, I was watching as we were all working in the Saratoga special office. The track that night was absolutely speed-favoring to okay. the hilt, and, and disqualified from purse money, the trainer got nailed on a drug violation <laughs> for that race. Okay? So – no, I the ten laugh. can't win, but the ten can go.
0: Guys, I do have a three to five shot in this race though we just talked about. Are you ready? Three to five that Paco will do the Paco look back on the turn and then watch horses go by him in the stretch. Three to five? <laughs> you,
1: got, you got to see stuff, yeah. Hey, by the <laughs> way, uh, can you put Nick's comment up real quick? Oh, hey. sure.
0: Sorry, I went off the comments. Man, Nick's getting, how many comments, what is Nick? Nick's, the president Nick is, Nick's
2: doing his homework. I like that.
1: No. So I, I, well, I wanted to mention, you said you didn't want to mention anything else. I actually like the one. Can, I, you, that's read
0: why, can you read it? Oh, oh yeah, anyone
1: like the, the Cox horse on the rail, no mention unless I missed it, famed okay. the one for, I like this horse. I think the, I, this is one where I wanted to see the odds. I'm, I'm really not, not sure how the odds are going to shake out in this one, but if this one is at all a, a decent price from the rail, again, is is either tactical or can close. So again, if we get a hot pace and, you know, the 10's going to blow right by everybody, I think this one just needs another move forward, but it's really good in 2022 and hopefully is coming back at four. You're getting a three to four year old move here. So a four year old from three, that can definitely lead to an improvement as opposed to some of the other ones who are going from sort of four to five. And then, you know, it's it's Cox and I had the stat Cox was 33% win, 72% in the money in dirt sprints at Gulfstream. He's won four of the last six, and he actually won this race last year as well. So there's a lot to like about that one. Just want to see. Again, I just want to see what the odds are for this one. I'm really interested behind obligatory.
0: I would never, you know, question someone who wants to take a longer price. I'm guessing eight to one more. That's what I was thinking. I do not like the rail going seven at Gulfstream. Do not. They get shuffled back. I just, Speed Horse, I wouldn't mind i don't know it's just it's a we'll see uh, and again i think it's
1: a point. tough win but it's it's one that underneath. i think can yeah sure. if you can get underneath if you think obligatory is easy then who knows
0: why not let's go to race let's go to race nine guys there's the picks on the bottom of the screen race nine uh this is the wl <laughs> mcknight stakes guys i remember this race best when i was at calder i love this race when i was at calder it was like in december i think it like Calder, if I recall, and it was like huge fields, and I, I missed that hedge at Calder slash uh um wow well, I'm drawing a blank uh, slash was it? Gulfstream West they called it for a while some yes. ridiculous anyway uh two hundred thousand let's put it on the screen here uh two hundred thousand in the purse they're going a mile and a half this is for the older males. Uh, you see the field here. There are some very big names here, guys. Very big names. Horses we've seen for a while. There's also a horse in here I loved about a month ago and was horrible. I don't know if you remember who that's going to be, but we'll talk about him in a minute. It's a field of 12 with an also eligible. I'm going to, boy, I don't know who the morning favorite is going to be, guys. I'm going to say Channel Maker will be the Moyline favorite. Just a guess at like three to one. Again, I'm completely guessing here. Pete, let's go to you first. You're oh, going to go with, I'm sorry?
1: I said, oh, great. I, don't, I have no confidence in the, in my picks no, in this race. So I'm so glad is, to be going a, first. This is a tough one.
0: <laughs> this is a tough race. 11, oh, sorry. Red yeah, yeah, Knight. Yeah, I have the 11, Red Knight. Yep. The Wiley veteran. This race, Pete, is like many races on Saturday. Large fields, really tough. I tweeted this out, and I really do believe this. Um, Chris, let me put us on screen here. Chris Larmy, a uh, very well known handicapper, excellent contest player. Um, he's Derby1592 on Twitter, Derby19, one whatever it is, 1592. Tweeted this out and I replied, I think this card overall, guys, is tougher than the Breeders' Cup card last November in terms of depth and in terms uh, of competitiveness. I, I just, there are a lot of races like this one, Pete. That are very difficult. Red Knight, give us start. Give us what your morning line is on this horse, beat, and then talk about Red Knight.
1: I mean, I assume this one just because of. I mean, when you're coming out of the Breeders' Cup, you're, come, you're you've run in mostly graded stakes. He has a you know pretty good, pretty good history, pretty good pedigree. You know the good late form. I, mean, I assume he's going to be. I don't know. I think the favorite. I was thinking more maybe a bond around. I don't even know three to one minimum seven to two i mean i don't this was this race was i mean i was i must have been down to like six horses and i didn't love any of them the one thing you said where these are tough and it's a little tougher than the breeders cup it's because in some of these races you don't know what you're getting even from the better horses and it's not you're not confident in in the picks that you're making because they're not consistent all the way through like this one for to go back to red knight I mean, the one thing I like, you know, obviously he's seven out of 12 at the distance. So, you know, that's no problem. He loves going the mile and a half. If you go three and four races back, I mean, those those races can win this race pretty easily. Then goes to... Yeah. The Sycamore, where he's like in the parking lot, basically, and still only finishes eighth, but only loses by a length and a half to some pretty good horses, including Temple, who that was his only good race in a while. And then you go to the Breeders' Cup Turf, and, you know, he was way just against it. I mean, probably shouldn't even really been in that field. So my thought is the only problem is now you're going now you're nine you're coming off a little bit, not a really a big layoff, but a few months. You're like, all right, at nine, is this one going to be ready to fire again? The one thing I did like is that he's been working steady and he's been working pretty solid his last two. Nothing great, but I mean, it's a mile and a half race. He's not going to be running, you know, bullet 59, five furlong works. (laughs) But I like that he's still working steady. So hopefully he's still got a little fire
0: in the old belly. I mean it's Irad too. And, and I, it's you know, Irad, yes. It's yes. a bad post, but he's just going to drop back anyway, so it's really Yeah, I don't mind the post either. as
1: much cuz it wasn't like he needed to be up close. It's, there's no speed in this race. I mean, there's speed maybe like channel maker, but a he's been yeah. he hasn't been the speed he used to be. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that was a very weak weak pick, but I'm uh, that's where I'm going. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm just scrolling through the field because there's Channelmaker who, by the numbers, should be one of the favorites here and wants to be up close. Paul, before we talk about your top pick, for me, Red Knight was just more like he's an underneath type in this race. I just – Father Time's going to catch up with him eventually. Maybe it won't be Saturday, but I just – I don't know. You and I both are a little negative to the source, aren't we?
2: Well, I know a little bit about the source because I did – uh, he is a New York bred who won yeah. the open stakes at Kentucky downs. And I did cover that race for the New York thoroughbred breeders website remotely. Yeah. And uh, Tom Egan, the breeder Trinity farm is Tom Egan from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, right up the street here. This horse was going to be retired when they took him off after the Johns call at Saratoga in August of 21, they, uh, he was hurt and the plan was that he was not going to come back. Um, they moved him over to Maker. you know, they put him on the farm. And all of a sudden the folks at the farm said, you know what? He's starting to look like a racehorse again. <laughs> and I will tell you this, this long distance turf, especially on the male side, nobody does it better than Mike Maker. Nobody. Sure. Okay. Uh, which is why I have his other horse second in here. Um, I would love to see Red Knight win. Of course I always roof the New York bread, uh, I, I don't think he will win, but uh, you know he certainly. After it looked like he was going to be retired, come came back with two wins, and then I don't know what happened in the Sycamore, as you said, Pete, and then you know the Breeders' Cup Turf was the the, the Kentucky Downs race. I believe uh, was a win in your in for the Breeders' Cup Turf. Yeah, it was. So that's how he ended up yeah. in the Breeders'.
0: Cup. Turf, yeah. but, uh Remember, that was also the race that Gufo was maybe or maybe not going to go, and he beat Gufo that day, uh, if you all recall. Let's go to your top choice. Uh, this is Pete's... Um, I'm in, I'm interested, guys, because I did not know what to do with this horse. I don't have uh, Palo Alto anywhere. I'm guessing you like the pedigree here, Paul, because by the numbers, he's a tad too slow.
2: I like the pedigree. I agree with Pete in, in that there is no stick out in this race, and I think the I think the favorite peak could maybe go as high as seven or two in this race. Yeah. Uh, so I agree with you there, you know, in, in a race, I kind of, de- you know, his numbers aren't terrible. You know, he, he's in the low nineties, um, yeah. uh, Graham motion and Frankie, Dettori. you know, these mile and a half races sometimes become jockey races. Uh, I'll take my chances uh, with Dettori, who's flying across the country for this. And, uh, on a few other mounts that I suspect we'll talk about tomorrow night, but uh, yes, and uh, Deanne points out any comments on the trainer change of value engineering. Uh, I, I don't know the history on it, all I know is that again, Mike Maker is an absolute specialist with these horses, but yeah, I defaulted to uh, I think the horse is uh close to being good enough, uh. Coming off uh, a, a total, I don't know what happened in that City Man race last time when when I did like, we I think a few of us liked City Man on New Year's Eve. But, uh, you know, has yet to win in the U.S. You're going to get a price. Price probably gets hurt a little by Dottori, but uh, Graham Motion is, you know, he just just does such a good job spotting his horses. Someone used that term earlier. So I am going to go with him, and I went with value engineering right behind me.
0: I I'll, I'll talk oh. about value engineering in a second. Pete, I want you to talk about this horse and then i'll comment on value engineering
2: yeah uh,
1: mine was my, sorry I, I didn't mean to cut you off there mine was more of a Dettori play as well the thing that was confusing he's had four races here the two going a mile he was pretty tactical and a little closer and and ran well and then in the two going longer was way in the back so now i'm hoping that maybe so you're not really sure what this i mean it looks like this horse wants to be a little bit closer and a little bit more tactical and so i think if Dettori is smart and which he usually is, and he can have this horse a little bit closer, maybe you see a better result. And I think this horse has a good enough late kick. And again, if he's a little bit closer, I just don't understand the the variation between being 11th and eighth, as opposed to being third and fourth and sitting up close. So it was purely a Dettori. Hopefully he just gives this horse a better ride in a field that I'm tossing my hands up in the air about.
0: Uh, Guys, I am totally against this horse, and uh, I, I don't know how to say it any other way. I'll give you some reasons, which I could be wrong. Motion is one of the sharpest guys out there, right? We all agree. If he really thought this horse was a distance horse, he would have brought him to the States there and gone a distance. I mean, it's not like when he was in Europe, this horse was like a world beater at a distance. You go back to his earlier races, you know, they were okay going long. I mean, some good, some bad. Um his best race was the first in the States. He ran very well in that Pimlico race. But to me, this is more like a desperate kind of let's see if he can do it rather than I like him at the distance. I just And it's going to be Tory, so his price is going to go down. I don't like this horse at all, guys. Let, let, let me talk about value engineering. Talk about a horse that I have not liked. If you guys recall, or maybe you don't, but I'm going to be honest. I have not liked this horse for a long time. And the main main reason why I have not liked this horse for a long time is because he's been a money burner, guys. I mean, he burned a lot of money. I mean, just look at these odds here on the right side of the screen. Third, third, third by a length. He's just like, he's been a nibbler for a long time. Then was like going off form. And I was like, hell, well, this horse is done. And then what happens? What happens? There we go, Paul, right? Michael Maker takes over the training. And he ran, forget the 90. This is a race I think we talked about on the show, by the way, a month ago. Guys, he was wide as wide can be, like on every turn. I'm just going to show the first turn. I'm not going to show two minutes of this race. Value engineering is the 10 here in this race. And by the way, Agitari is out here. You guys know the story with me and that horse, which I'll mention. He's a 12 right there. But anyway, uh, value engineering breaks fine. Let me fast forward a little bit. Up, did I go too fast? Yeah, I went too fast. Okay, we got to see the first turn. He's in the pink, and I'm not really blaming the jockey here, but this is – a oh, that was okay. This was the first turn. Sorry, it's a three-turn race. Uh, Paul, this is not where you want to be. I don't care if it's dirt, sin, turf. He's legitimately three wide here all the way around the first turn. Let me fast forward just a little bit. Okay, there he is in pink. We'd all agree this is not the place to be. Yeah, especially three
1: turns, right? Especially when you go three turns, you don't need that.
0: This is like, I mean, how many horses win in this situation already? Not good. Fast forward. Okay, he's still wide, not that wide, but fine. He's still losing ground, guys, and he's not drafting. He's not really drafting. He's now he's in the two path. Okay, take it to the stretch here. Look up. Sorry, he's he's out there on the back stretch. Okay, he's still wide, guys. He's making a big sustained move now. He was three wide. Now he's in the two path. And I'll go and fast forward even more. I just love how this was a very game effort. I understand the field is much better on Saturday. I didn't realize we were still on camera. Sorry about that. Anyway, I love the way this horse fights. I mean, he's fighting. He's still accelerating. Again, I know the field is much better on Saturday. But for him to be this wide, guys, he's not losing ground here. This is not like a barely win kind of thing. He's he's semi drawing off. I mean, this that was to me, guys, that was a huge effort, in my opinion. Much better than the ninety. It's Michael Maker. You might get a little bit of a price, you know, because of the field here. And I think he's rounding back into form. I think Maker's got this horse going the right direction again. He's got back numbers. Give me five to six to one, absolutely. I know it's a long explanation, but any opinions, guys? Before we move on.
2: Uh, well, I I'll use them. Uh, yeah, I want a I want a three versus seven people bet because you picked the seven second. So I'd I like did. to request a three versus seven head up bet. Um, you bad, okay, we'll
0: talk you after the show. You bad mouth my it,
2: three, and you picked the seven.
0: This is just mad respect for channel maker. I mean I'm also wrong on this horse ball all the time. Whenever I like fade him, he runs a do huge what game. I do.
2: Just all the channels, maker, cat, whatever. I just you just never <laughs> play them. Once in a while they beat you, but otherwise you just move on. Pete, we know he didn't take the three because of the Italian jockey.
1: Well, um, I I mean that was a, that was a given, right? He's I mean, French bread. He's <laughs> French bread.
0: You don't like the French either?
1: Well, he didn't. He didn't like my seven in the last race either. You know, with the uh, he threw him out with Panici yeah. on board. I mean, it, he, I wasn't, wasn't even been. gonna. I wasn't even gonna say that tonight. But you know, the, the we the, got a lot of new bread viewers on the show They're to yeah. get the
0: wrong impression of me. I'm gonna have like a, a dead animal in front of my yard tomorrow morning, <laughs> guys. Come on, give me give me a break here. By the way, I, I, uh, I love they, the Italians for the record. They just give me these guys give me crap. Whatever. Go ahead.
1: By the way, Nick has a comment in there about Dinoformer. If my dad's watching, my dad loves just playing Dinoformers and every turf race so if he if a dynaformer wins he's with you Nick. Uh sorry I I well
2: Dynaformer is the, the the sire of the dam of value engineering.
1: a value engineering, yes. I yeah. assume if if my father is on his game then that's who he'll probably be taking.
2: That horse can run all day Howard as you as you pointed out in that replay. Value engineering there's not they're not gonna write a race too long for that horse. No.
0: Lemon we, drunk, we didn't kid. really talk about. We gave short shrift to a bond. None of us has a bond. Real quick, guys, we got a little time.
2: Here's None of Pletcher us put a bond.
0: A, a bond. Pletcher talked about him on the, on our interview. Tune in tomorrow. To the, tune in tomorrow night. Listen to the Pletcher interview. Will be on the YouTube channel again. For those of you that weren't here earlier, we got a lot of people watching tonight. Thank you so much for watching. If you were not here earlier or you don't follow me on Twitter, we have a half an hour interview with one of the best trainers in the world, Todd Pletcher. It's going to come out on YouTube tomorrow, late afternoon, early evening. He gave us half an hour. He talked about horses he has this weekend. He talked about his top three-year-olds, and he talked about the Eclipse Awards and the horses he has in there. It was a great interview. Paul did a fantastic job. Uh, I was part of the interview as well. So check that out tomorrow on YouTube. All right, guys, race 10. This is the last race we're talking about tonight. It is... Um, by the by the way, actually- Howard,
1: you didn't want to bring these up with with Pletcher on, but I had some terrible stats, which sort of drew me away from a bond. You probably didn't want to bring these up in the interview. <laughs> Go it ahead. Was- He's a Pletcher-Saya's combo, which is a funny one. One for 21 wins in grade three turf routes, for whatever that means for you. And Pletcher, three for 23, 12 furlongs and up in graded stakes on turf. So I, he probably didn't mention those in the interview. I'm sure that's not a big topic in the he's Pletcher not. barn. But yeah, so if, if that, that was sort of the reason why I was like, maybe he's on a little bit of a downturn and, and maybe this isn't Pletcher's favorite thing to do.
0: He do thinks he'll run better. And we should have said that last race we just previewed is the start of the pick five. Yeah. Right. Race nine is the start of the pick five. We're going to go over our pick five tickets. Everyone tomorrow, Wednesday night, uh, the show starts at seven thirty Eastern. All right, guys, race 10. This is the last race we're going to talk about tonight. It's the last stakes race. That is not a Pegasus uh, race. It's also the second leg of the pick five. I bring up on the screen. This is the Fred W. Hooper uh, presented by Whispering Angel. It's a grade three. This is a flat mile on the dirt. It's a one-turn mile, 150,000. Like I said, it's a grade three. It's a nice field here. This is a field of 13. Wow. Going one mile. The line favorites, I would, uh, hmm, I'm going to say, geez, I don't know. I'm going to say Hoist the Gold. I'm going to say Hoist the Gold the number five will be the more line favorite at three to one for Dal Stewart and Brian Hernandez. Who the hell knows, Paul, you are going with Walter and I rad Wait a minute. We did we got to put you on screen. Hold on a second. What, what the hell is Paul? He's a black belt. Is that a karate guy? Okay. <laughs> okay. That was Apparently yeah. Paul's doing karate. Um, whatever. Who am I to say? He's going with black belt. This is a very interesting speed horse who is absolutely on fire right now.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the hot hand. Uh, my friend Jim Mazur uh, has a term. He calls it last out winner ignored, L-O-W-I. And okay. this horse is coming off three wins, and I do think he may be ignored uh, just because of, obviously, the, the class. He ran for – you could have had him for 20,000 two races ago. But you know what? If you look at that 97 last time out, Howard – You know, the one's got a 97. That's about it, right? No one else has a better number. He is, he is hot. Uh, He's a Gulfstream specialist. He's an HFC. This is an acronym race for me. He's an HFC horse for course. Uh, You're going to get the the Eclipse award winning jockey at a big price in a wide open race. I'm going to take a swing for the fence here.
0: I like your thinking can he beat this kind of field? This is a big step up, Paul.
2: Of course it is. That's why you're going to get a price.
0: Okay. I like your thinking, and you're going just to the inside of that for a second, Paul, with Hoist the Gold, who frankly <coughs> has faced the best horses, been in the toughest fields. I guess the biggest question here is the mile.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I yeah, I, I think he really is a board horse here. You know, I look, I gave him a long look in this race, and as far as maybe picking them. <laughs> you got to love Dallas Stewart though, don't you? From Keeneland to Mahoning Valley to Santa Anita to Gulfstream. No problem. Oh, yeah.
0: And uh, Brian. But he Hernandez. ran well against Taba P- uh, Paul. He ran well in that right in the <clears throat> He
2: did. And Howard, if you look at, you know, Tejano twist is a pretty good horse. Gunnite's a very good horse. We talked about elite power who I voted for as the top sprinter. He's second to elite power. That turns out, it turns out that was a pretty damn good uh, optional claiming race at Saratoga on closing weekend um yeah i think that horse is going to be right there um okay you know who's going to be the favorite (laughs) your guess is as good as mine guys
0: i've got i've got to look as noah mentioned the you know i'm a big galp out guy i don't recall seeing a great galp out now noah's got me interested we'll we'll go ahead and take a look at uh, the malibu the end of the race hoist the gold here will be is the five horse it was a price sorry for the clicking here we'll fast forward i mean he was right up let's see Uh, he's right there. I thought he was sort of up close and faded. Maybe, I don't know. We'll take a look. If you're wrong here, Noah, we're going to come after you, Noah. Let's see. He said there was a gallop out with with, uh, the five. Uh, Not the seven, that's for sure. Um, Is he right here? Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know if that means he's going to get a mile, though. But, sure. He galloped out in front of the winner. Good point, Noah. Fair enough. um very i mean
1: it's the the breeding suggests that there should be a little bit of distance in there that's what when i was looking at that one because i I had it in third but this was like i had five horses that were all sort of on the same level for me in this one and i thought the breeding here was was pretty much top quality but i did have maybe this is more of an underneath horse but i think quality and class wise this one's right up there and again as long as he can and and there isn't going to be a hot pace and this one's can maybe sit in the middle of it and don't won't get mixed up yeah. and can get, a, and can get a good jump on these horses.
0: Pete, I have him second, but I got to say I don't like taking low prices on horses that have done something they've never done before. And again, if this yeah. horse was so good going a mile, it also just feels like this is just the best spot they could find at the time, like on a big day. I, I don't, I don't know, but he, he, he's a quality horse. Well, and John- hoisted
1: gold, Hoist gold is also entered in the Pegasus, right? Um, no? as an AE, yes, as an AE, I, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, sure most likely not getting it in, but still, yeah.
0: Uh, John L. Jackson Jr., John, I believe you're new to the show, at least in the comments. John, thanks for joining the show. John likes Black Belt, Dallas is a great guy, yes, he is. He lost horses to his mentor, and he has been on a roll since. John, thanks for the comment. I like Dallas Stewart, he, he's underrated. Pete, um, you're going with the I'm sorry, Paul, is there anything else you want to mention? You have to sign. No,
2: just that uh, uh, just Peter Walder is 18% off a win on dirt.
0: Okay. Yeah, he's one of those guys that when he gets hot, Paul, he's very good. Let's go to your top choice, Pete. You are going with a horse that I looked at carefully, and you know why, because you know I like closers a bit. I just don't know. If it, I mean, this thing would have to completely pace collapse, and maybe it will. That's where I'm going. For, for noble drama, David Fox. Knows what he's doing, he's an eight year old. This horse is going to be 15 to one. Pete,
1: I'm all about the old, old, old horses this today. Apparently, that's where I'm going. I I must be showing my age where I'm just maybe we can feature these horses on uh, on early bird. Paul on our, on our, (laughs) on our three o'clock podcast. But (laughs) I mean, you said it exactly right, Howard, to me, when you look at sort of time form, there's one, two, three, six, eight horses with a hundred plus and three of them, 120 plus. So when I was looking at this one, I said, Hey, you know what? You never know. What if what happens to back when it beat super Corinto, who could have been, you know, didn't have the, the virus go through the barn would have been one of the top choices in the Pegasus apparently Little,
0: the little uh, herpes issue.
1: The little herpes. I mean, you know, everybody's had that once in a while. Is there while, something you
0: know. as a little herpes issue? Isn't every herpes issue a big deal? It
1: depends when it's up or down need from what I understand. Be- <laughs> Trust
0: me.
1: I've been That's around crazy. a block of time or two, but I haven't <laughs> but how- <laughs> had that luckily.
0: So I'm, I'm this show is off the rails tonight. <laughs> but I need an alcoholic beverage now. All right. Anyway, enough about herpes. Go- but I mean,
1: but, but you're right. I think this one's going to be a huge price. I was probably about five deep in potential top choices, so figured – what the hell I'm going to put this one. I assume it's going to be high odds seven for 14 at the distance. What is that? 17 out of 26 at Gulfstream. So definitely a horse for course. And again, if it just, if what happened to back where it ran a 98 buyer, which was a total outlier for this horse, but I figure why can't that happen again? If this pace just gets crazy hot. And again, there's no world beaters in here. I mean, I like the one, which I'm sure will you're going to bring up next potentially, but you know, you got a horse coming off a long layoff, probably the most talented horse, but I don't think there's any... I, I just don't think there's any world beaters in here, and if, if everything goes crazy, I'll take a <clears throat> double digit price.
0: Do we need to put up a Herbie's comment? I don't know. It, it is. Yeah, clean. why not? It's oh, from our friend, go. Thomas Spinoza. It's always a big deal. It's a big deal all the time. Um, I don't have this <laughs> horse anywhere. I hope I don't regret it. I just... This is like a red... This is This is like a rich strike kind of thing if he wins for me. I just... I, in terms of just it, everything's got like ten things have to happen right for this horse. Well, and I think I don't too. like I, I um, don't I, I don't ahead. I'm not blaming you for the pick. I I just couldn't put the source on top, but no, uh, and I, mean, I think, nice think horse about horse
1: it more. Color, yeah, I think about it more just in the in the sequence too. Sure. So it's a, it's a horse I want to have in the sequence more than maybe a win bet necessarily.
0: Miles D. I wish I had intel on this horse, Pete. I we had Chad on the show, but it's not like we're best buddies, and I'm not going to bother him, you know, on these big days. So I don't have intel. I will say this about Miles D. Two back in the Discovery, I know exactly where I was. I was at at an OTB playing in the Hawthorne Contest, guys, on that day, and I loved this horse over Speaker's Corner because I didn't think Speaker's Corner would get the distance, and he won for me at, at 2.6 to 1 and really helped me in that contest that I ended up doing decent on. I didn't win it, but I did well. This horse is uber talented. I don't think there's any question about it, Pete. The big obvious question is the layoff, but it's Chad, it's Rosario. I still think he'll get a decent price. Just just seems like an awfully tough spot for his comeback.
1: I got a decent stat actually for Chad fishing for one was – 46% Forty-six percent wins, seventy-five percent in the money, and it wasn't a super small sample size. It wasn't big, but it was probably close to like 20, 20 something. And first, after a two hundred and eighty-day plus layoff in graded stakes on dirt, just think about that, though. Wow, you got horses coming off nine-month plus layoffs, and he's forty-six percent in graded stakes races on dirt too. It's not like if it, you know he always is. He's always good coming off the turf with long is that layoffs. That the win he, end, Pete? That's on the win end Four now, 46% win 75% in the money.
0: And what was the sample size?
1: I forget. I'd have to look again. I'll, I'll okay. look if you guys, if you guys well, talk. Yeah, I got
2: uh, Pete, I got, I got a much bigger sample size. Oh, go ahead. Uh, 180 to 365, you know, six months to a year layoff 403 starts 28% win. Yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, you know, on the turf, it never matters. I don't insane, care the horse- by the if way. If his horses are off for two years, I'd, I'd play him on the turf. For some yeah, reason, yeah. he just knows what he's doing, you know, And he
2: benefits. You know, you benefit when you when you have owners like Peter Brandt and Robert LaPenta, Howard, you know, they're not going to worry about paying the monthly for a horse to <laughs> sit around and do nothing like you or I might, Howard, yeah. you know, okay? And he, I have seen this act. You know, I'm glad Tom, we got to give Tom Espinosa credit he had it in the comments about ten minutes ago. I have seen this story uh, many, many times, and I am this horse is a straight A for me. Not, the more I look at wow. it, wow, a straight A for me in this race.
0: Wow, Richard Hunt said the horse missed four-year-old season, due, um, so due to a step-up in buyer from three-year-old. I'm not. I don't know if anyone's due for a step-up after almost a year layoff, but I understand your point for sure. Uh, Richard, Nick mentioned that he hasn't missed a work since November 14th, FYI. Um, so listen, uh, what odds are we got in here, Pete? Morning line and off odds. What's your guess for each one of those?
1: I'm going to say morning line, I'm going to go seven to two. I think this horse, I thought this horse might be the favorite. Yeah, I thought this horse might be the favorite. I just don't, I don't, I don't know who else. I mean, I was going to
0: say Morning Line six to one. Oh, you thinking that high? Off odds nine to two.
1: And I think people see the names and maybe, I mean, maybe not the odds, Maker. Maybe you're right. Maybe the, Maybe not the morning line odds maker would know better, but I think the betters would bet this horse down from a, you see the names on there. And I think this horse, you know, by the way, that stat might be completely false. So I apologize if I'm, I don't know what the hell I was, must've been drinking this afternoon, but I'm, I'm, I'm digging through and I'll let you guys know.
0: Okay, well, you'll have to explain that because I don't want to give misinformation to our viewers out there. No, today. no, I'm definitely not sure what you not. meant by yeah, that. No. But I've got this horse as a B. Let me go to my top choice, and then we'll go ahead and end the show, guys. And again, really appreciate all of you watching tonight. We've got a big show tomorrow night, seven thirty Eastern, talking about the three Pegasus races. You do not want to miss it. My top choice is Endorsed, and I've had a love-hate relationship with this horse. Also, um, let me give my explanation. Um, I have a lot of Michael maker love, but I mean, who doesn't that, that just shows you how good this guy is, by the way, because Paul, you mentioned his turf prowess. Yes. This guy can just train. Okay. He can just flat out train. He's, he's done plenty well on dirt too. Endorsed is a seven-year-old. I'm not always a big fan of that in these like sort of sprinty kind of races endorsed. We forget how good endorsed was guys. He was in the Pegasus last year against life is good. It didn't exactly embarrass himself. So I mean, he was running in big races, just graded stakes all over the place, right? Then he real he really tailed off, guys. And I thought maybe his career would be done. They even threw him on turf, so just to see what would happen. But guys, Michael Maker, you know, has resurrected his career. He took a little break for a few months. He came back. Look who he lost to at at. Uh, Keelan guys. Nakatomi is a very nice horse. Nakatomi is a nice horse. They lost going six and a half. And then last time I thought he ran very well. Now the field is not nearly uh, as good, but I'm just going to show the replay. He had the inside. He used some tactical speed. You see how he's using this. This is a horse you got to shove on. This is not like a push button type and he did get a good trip, but I love the way he finished here. Here's in the outside again. Don't get discouraged by the fact he's been ridden so hard. That's how this horse needs to be ridden. And he went by Paco's Pico. And this horse ran very well um, on, I believe, Sunday. And I'm forgetting the name now. A horse that came back and won well. But um, there's endorsed winning. We can show the gallop out, too, if you want. I mean, distance won't be a problem. Let me show the gallop out. Let's see where it is. Okay, maybe we won't because people want to get going for tonight. Okay, anyway, not going to show the gallop out, but he – that number four horse uh, was Paco's Pico, and Paco's Pico just finished second – there it is, the Candyman Rocket, guys. And Candyman Rocket ran a hole in the wind uh, on this past Saturday. So Paco's Pico is a decent horse. I just like the direction this horse is going. He's tactical. He's going to get a clean trip from the outside. He's not going to be stuck inside. I, see, I still think there's something left there in the tank. And I think the Doris is going to be middling price. I don't know. Five to one, six to one, somewhere around there. That's my top pick. I've got Hoist the Gold second for all the reasons we've talked about. I got Miles D third. I don't like the inside speed. There's just way too much speed. Paul, I have your some of your better speed horses as bees, like in case they actually get loose or whatever. I'm, I'm pretty deep in this race, but I don't like the speed horses in this spot, Paul.
2: Uh, I don't either. Um, I I think it's kind of a trip type race, Howard. Uh, uh, Well, let me say this. It it depends on who the speed is. Okay. (laughs) You you know, uh, I think that the, the six and seven uh, both have pretty good speed from out there. And and I picked the six. So um, I, I don't think, I think the seven is going myself, but. Um That's why I think the more I look at it, you know, the the one could get the trip. But if now, if you get into it falling apart, I mean, you know, the Reds ran in a mile and a half stakes two race two races back uh against riding with Biden, who was in the Pegasus, I believe, yep. right?
0: I got the Reds as a C, by the way. I don't yeah, think the, he's the absolutely red... impossible. No, if, if it the not... base collapses, turning back, I like at, that at a
2: huge at, at a at probably a, a good number, right? Coming off that. Yeah. That last race, and you know that last race, you look at the numbers. You know, seven, six, five, he missed missed by three quarters of a length in yeah. fourth. I mean, that happens on turf all the time. Oh yeah. It doesn't often happen on dirt.
0: Hey so, Pete, by the way, Jose Camacado. Hola, Jose. Como estás, man? Thanks for joining the show from Venezuela, man. I love it. We love need it. we need to get some more South American viewers, Jose. Thank you very much. Please please spread the word, man. So, me gusta. Los Caballos. So, bring him on. The horse um, I'm
2: against now is I'm against the 12 prevalence, so I think it's going to take money.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about this horse then. in the show. Um, this horse, boy. I remember Brian Nadal being completely against this horse, guys, last month, if you remember. This horse is weird. I mean, I don't know what the story is. It, he could win or he could lose by 50. Like, I, I thought he would run a big race last time. He was absolutely awful, but... He is capable on the right day. If he's got his mind right, I just, I don't know. What's the story, Pete, with this horse? I I don't get it.
1: Well, and I didn't really feel like paying to figure it out. So I was, (laughs) this was a, this was a toss for me because of what you said. I mean, yeah, if you go four and five back, those races can easily win this race. But I mean, look at those last three. I just don't know. I mean, you could, you could forgive yourself maybe in the, in the Churchill downs, you know, I don't know, but even 38 lengths, that's ridiculous. I don't care who the hell's in front of you. And then that allowance race with, the, you know, finishing fourth at, a, at almost even money, six to five, whatever that is. And then that last one, I, I just can't do it. If that horse wins, I'm going to have to, I think it's going to be a toss for me.
0: Herbieto Suero, thanks. We got the Hispanic viewers uh, coming. I love it. Quiero Ganar, I want to win. I think I said that right. And if I said it wrong, I greatly apologize. So I believe I said that correct. Uh, Hey,
1: Howard, can I just say one quick thing on that stat so we don't let the. the Yeah,
0: uh, here's what Tom said, by the way. Tom Espinoza, it's got a a brist stat 90 plus days, 27% win, 61% in the money, 678 sample size. You want to clarify as we on the show for you, Pete?
1: Yeah, it was just the, the mistake was it wasn't in graded stakes. It was actually going a mile, 280 days plus going a mile on dirt. He was 11 for 24 wins and whatever, 18 for 24 in the money. So okay. Has showed a proficiency maybe not at, at, maybe not at creating stakes level, but I don't, you know, this isn't exactly, you know, this isn't exactly the the Pegasus here. So I'm not, yeah. not too, and the one thing about endorsed, you were saying, the only question I had about that horse was the 0 for 7 wins at the distance and like the 1 for 19 the last two years. For some reason, that horse just doesn't like to get his nose at the wire. So that was my, because yeah. he was in the mix in my top five and I was like, If I'm going to drop somebody out of my top three, I'm going to take a horse out who doesn't seem to like to win.
0: I don't love him, but it's, it's a, I've got prevalence as a C guys. I am not going to let this horse beat me out of a monster pick four or five. I am not going to let him do it. He's got 98, 99 buyer. If he can find it somehow, I don't want him to win it. 12 to one, and knock me out. Uh, Paul, Pete, great show tonight. We really went into details. I think we helped out a lot of people. Again, the viewership was awesome. Really quick, please don't leave the show if we got one more minute here. Again, Paul and myself interviewed Todd Pletcher for half an hour. He gave us a lot of time. Really appreciate it. The the interview is going to be on our YouTube channel tomorrow, Wednesday, late afternoon, early evening, probably right before our shows. We have a show tomorrow at 7.30 Eastern, and then Benton Boozen is on at 9. We have no shows on Thursday. Thursday night is the Eclipse Awards. Please watch those Eclipse Awards on Thursday night, but watch all of our shows, including the Todd Pletcher exclusive interview, uh, which, of course, you can watch any anytime, but it'll be on the YouTube channel Wednesday. Pete and Paul, any final thoughts going to tomorrow's three-race Pegasus show?
1: I was just going to say, hopefully, uh, you guys talk Todd into giving us a shout out when he's on stage collecting his eclipse award on Thursday, <laughs> he could say, this is all thanks to the HHH racing <laughs> podcast, but, but seriously, I think it's a great card. I'm, I'm sad I'm going to be missing tomorrow's show when you guys talk about the big ones, but maybe I'll send in my pick five just so the, so people aren't on, on the edge of their seat wondering what it is, but, um, My son's going to be in a show, so I'll be there watching instead. So good luck to you guys tomorrow, and good luck to everybody this weekend. Great card. Looks like a great day to make some money. I feel like this pick five could be paying balloons if you get just a couple of the right ones in.
0: Cody, Pete's got a family obligation. Family always comes first. We wish uh, your son a wonderful uh, time tomorrow night. By the way, John L. Jackson. John, you're going to be there at at the pool party Saturday. Beautiful. John. I love it, man. I look forward to seeing you at the pool party Saturday. And finally, from Nick Feldman, hope everyone's a great Saturday. I'll be shredding, Narnar <laughs> nar pow, pow, and Lake Tahoe. Good luck to everyone. Final thoughts, Paula, to wrap up the show.
2: No, I, 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 I do encourage people to listen to the Pletcher interview. I think it's insightful. I think it was good of him to do. And uh, I do think uh, – I, I assume it's a great card. I've only gotten four races deep because that was my homework for tonight. <laughs> so I have to do my homework for tomorrow night. Uh, now.
0: <laughs> I've handicapped all the stake races thoroughly. I need to look through races one through five and race seven. Uh, because as some of you, or many people know, not everyone, I am playing in the Pegasus world betting championship. I qualified for it last year. Um, it's Saturday. It's a $6,000 Entry fee, it's four thousand dollars of live money, guys. I'm gonna have someone who I heard is pretty good at contests next to me, giving me any kind of advice and talking. The one, the one and only Matt Miller. So I am super pumped. This is a chance to win. I think first price is gonna be about a hundred thousand, guys. And I'm not. Oh, going to is sit it here just the, the Gulfstream?
2: To... Uh, the Gulfstream races one through what? Yes, one through just 13? Gulfstream
0: races, all of them. And there's nice. there's minimums, so I'm gonna be launching into some. And I love, love, love. Actually, my favorite horse of the entire weekend of, of Saturday is tomorrow. We'll talk about this horse tomorrow. I am infatuated with this horse. I it's a female horse. I've already sent her love letters and some peppermints. I love a horse tomorrow that we will talk about in race eleven. Hey, on hey the Paul.
1: Show. Paul if, uh, if I know Howard, it if, if I know Howard, who
0: it
2: is, I think I know who it is.
1: Paul, if Howard wins on Saturday, you think maybe we'll be able to do a hundred dollar plus. Pick fives next week. I'll, I'll boost it up to 105. 100, 105, 110 maybe no. next
2: week. <laughs> no, I don't think we will, Pete. Yeah. But I know one thing. I have a hall pass. <laughs> That's true. That from is very Professor true. Miller. That is very true.
0: You do. Uh, for my great friends and hosts, Pete Visco and Paul Halloran, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 223 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Please join us tomorrow for our live shows for the Pletcher interview video and good luck everyone in your undercard stake races on Saturday. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye.